0: Good morning. So, Feminist Futura, I am coming back from a long, long hiatus, and the reason for that hiatus is that when I started Feminist Futura, I wanted this to be a platform that is significant, empowering, and just abundant with an insatiable yearning to empower people. And recent circumstances have showcased there's been quite a few disparities in empowerment. I want to emphasize that Feminist Futura is not an outlet that is incapable of reading the room. We are not just reading the room, but we're absorbing it, educating ourselves and putting our money and energies where our mouth is. Contemporary feminism is non-existent without the narratives, lessons, and pushes of black America. Black Lives Matter. As this message is amplified unlike ever before, we are absorbing it and utilizing it to tear down a comfort based off of prejudice and pushing into the supernova that will be a progressed and more loving way of existing. In my outro for this episode, which hopefully you all stick around for, I talk about a new order of civilization. While I don't mean destroying the incredible things we've created and annihilating an array of innovation, I ultimately mean that I hope, I hope more than anything, we can listen more intently, challenge ourselves more ferociously, and love more abundantly. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and so many names, each an individual who were victims to a society's devotion for living in a blind bubble, although overdue, we are destroying this bubble. Secondly, less important, but something that I needed to address as the host of this podcast, which is part of the reason why I went on a hiatus, because I really wanted to make sure that when I continued the mission of Feminist Futura, that our values were in alignment Um, Some of you may notice our second episode was removed nearly immediately after its release, so about several days after, uh, within a five- to six-day period. It came to my clear attention, which is something I should have invested much more energy and consideration into, that I had provided a platform to an individual who was utilizing virtual means to share explicit imagery and information of other people. Feminist Futura is about empowerment, progress, and celebration of self. Yes, I love opposing ideas. I love conversations that are conflicted and twisted and literally the most multifaceted content I can imagine. I want this podcast to be something that flourishes with diversity and distinction and discomfort in the best way possible. But I mean, those are my values. It's empowerment, progress, and celebration of self. And that does not exist without respect for others, without cherishing others, without reconstructing what it means to be a better human being. While commentary in all of its forms is welcomed with open arms, exploitation and degradation is not. So, sex has a technological form now in this world and era that's ran off of a digital platform and i definitely believe that covid 19 has kind of put an emphasis on it i personally would say it's a bit discomforting you know to walk away from this um, kind of the heat of the pandemic in which we were all locked up during the frosty months of april and now i'm like oh my gosh I literally did everything on my phone. I got drunk with my friends on FaceTime. I, <laughs> I attended lecture halls. I, um, you know, like, was even taking, like, dancing classes via Zoom. And then on top of that, I was also kind of getting a bit frisky with my cell phone. Um, <laughs> I really hope my parents aren't listening to this because they pay my phone bill. Um, But with that being said, do the rules and laws of consent apply in the same way online as they do in person? And why is it when sex takes this transition from the in-person, flesh-on-flesh dimension and takes on the new role of sexting and phone sex and this, like, digital, like, style of erotica you know why why does it not transition in the same magnitude that it carries out in person you know consent is messy and I think that's something that we can say again and again it's simple it's mandatory it is unarguable but at the same times it can be messy and that is why I brought someone who speaks quite frequently and quite vibrantly when it comes to media law consent and permission my dear friend one of my biggest inspirations in life and somebody who is continuously pushing me to be a better reporter to be a better activist and most importantly to be a better person quinn kirby Quinn Kirby is a freelance photographer and artist whose work has won multiple Michigan Press Association Division I Collegiate Newspaper Awards. Kirby can be booked for photography sessions at QuinnKPhoto.com. Q-U-I-N-N-K-Photo.com and is currently donating half of all proceeds from session rates to the cause of their client's choosing as long as it benefits justice for George Floyd or other anti-racist organizations. On a much lighter note than where we started off still extremely important, but we're gonna get a little bit funky as we like to do here on Feminist Futura, we will be presenting The Nudes and Company episode. Hit it. Okay, so fun fact, everybody. This is actually... The second time Quinn has ever done a podcast episode, and the first time was also with me. We have a friendship dynamic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're a couple of pals. So how are you doing today, Quinn? How's your summer been treating you? You know,
1: it's been good. Uh, I just went to Hoffmaster State Park yesterday. It was a blast. I am in. <laughs>
0: I, um, I went to um Petoskey last weekend mm-hmm. and this was like before like the downstate bars started to like reopen so my friend Haley and I we got to go to like a bar for the first time in like a millennium <laughs> right and we were just so excited and there was this drink it was called a mixed painkiller and it was like orange juice of like coconut like cream and I have been thinking about that drink for, like, the last, like, several days.
1: How many people were there? Like, did people – because that's one of the things that makes me nervous. Like, I know in the north – like, the north – the more north you go in Michigan, the more it feels like the south –
0: yeah no I asked I was um actually I was asking like the bartender about it I was like you know what has like business been like because my automatic Mm -hmm. assumption is like the second they reopened I was getting all these messages like let's go up north let's go to the bar I've never been to this county before I want to go um mainly because of the bar and Mm -hmm. so I was like I bet it's just been like an absolute like chaotic shit show and they're like you know Mm -hmm. it really hasn't been that bad like it's really no different than what our prime season typically looks like the only issue is now we have to turn people down but the bartenders I was talking to when I went to high five spirits I'm going to give them a shout out please go if you're legal if you're allowed to do so um they told me they're like we're actually really excited for the bars downstate to open up because now like when our regulars come in or people who really want to try us out we don't have to turn them down Mm -hmm. spaces it out a little bit yeah that does sound nice okay enough of the small chit chat let's talk about moods Let's talk about nudes. Yes, let's freaking whip open a big old bowl of pasta, some hot cooked nudes. Um, so, oh my God, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting on my homemade sauce. Let's get it. So, um, you know, obviously with COVID-19, we're talking about nudes a lot more and this kind of virtual new dimension for sex. We are the children of the virtual age where sexual acts included physical actions, but they also included sending photos, sending messages, you know, phone calling, FaceTiming, mm-hmm. where sex was starting to take place in this digital universe. So, what I am trying to unravel with today's podcast is. How does it being virtual change the ethics of sex? Because growing up, when I was learning about texting, not necessarily sexting, I was learned this lesson that if you send a photo, it could be a photo of a butt or it could be a photo of a labradoodle. Who cares? And you know, if you send that, you're basically handing over the ownership. So, Quinn, you're someone who's very Mm. vocal about photography rights and the kind of law aspects of it. You're a photographer yourself, a very excellent one. Shout out. Um, Can you kind of tell me a little bit about what your perspective is on the topic?
1: Yeah, so especially now with, um, you know, coronavirus and people staying at home, we're seeing, you know. Coronavirus may have forced us inside, but our um, our desires don't want to stay uh, don't want to stay inside, um, and we can't really repress that. So the human body and the human mind is going to figure out ways to get that satisfaction that most people desire. And um, when we're going into all of this. Uh, I've done my research, but I'm not a lawyer. None of this should be taken as legal advice. But um, what I've done is look up, can you sue someone if they use your nudes? What is revenge porn? What is sextortion? And are these things, A, illegal? If they are, what... What sort of uh, action can you take, and if you're the person who is participating in revenge porn or using someone's nudes in a way that they didn't trust you with what what are the consequences of that? Mhm.
0: I don't know, I'm like... We're currently at that portion where we just kind of stare at each other and go, ooh. <laughs> I'm kind of like, where do, you know,
1: like, where do we go yeah. from here?
0: Exactly. Uh, um, I think, I just kind of want to give some of my own backstory on the issue. When I was younger, and I'm not sure if you kind of experienced this, you know, growing up, but for me specifically, you know, I was taught that, you know, Men could send photos of their penis, and it was just that. You know, I feel like showing a penis photo was kind of used as like a weapon almost. You yes. know, they just like threw out the ammuti- ammunition, had like a freaking AR 15, and went bam, bam, bam with the dick.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's you know. interesting. Yeah, I definitely think um, for folks who um, have penises, they can sometimes use it like as you said, you they can weaponize it. I think I remember the first dick pic. I was 17, and I just opened a Snapchat from this kid who went to my high school, and there it was. I scared. terrified. Yeah! I cried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cried. <laughs> and that's like sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. It's an unsolicited p- picture of someone's genitalia, and without that consent there, it's it's like saying here's this thing um I don't care if you like it or not you're gonna see it and I responded to that first unsolicited dick pic with uh dude can I can I swear can I swear on this podcast yeah no please do yeah I literally yeah. was like yo what the fuck and
0: no that was I was, awesome. oh my god I'm sorry
1: <laughs> I said this to the wrong person and now I realize he definitely didn't um <laughs> my innocent mind was like oh okay uh thanks for apologizing just make sure it doesn't happen again
0: so the first time I received a dick pic it was from someone that it was so dumb it was like back when I was like a very like awkward like high schooler and like This is so embarrassing, and I haven't really come clean about it, but did you ever use the, like, Whisper app when you were younger? Um, it sounds familiar. It was was basically kind of like, um... What was that one app? It was like basically one where you put like anonymous secrets. So you'd be like, Oh, mm-hmm. I have a crush on a boy, or oh my God, I can't believe I snuck out of the house. <laughs> secret yeah. secret. And literally like I definitely I, remember that. You know, so I would like use this app to be like, Oh my gosh, I totally stole a <laughs> sip of wine from my parents' cabinet. And <laughs> don't tell anyone, hush, hush. <laughs> Not that Aww. I support underage drinking. Don't do it, kids. Um, but I get, I get like, a message through the Whisper app, and I don't know what, like, sneaking a sip of wine, like, kind of aligned with this, but it was just a photo of a penis, and it's like, hey, it's yours if you want it. And I was like, oh, oh, no, I don't want that. <laughs> and then... The second time, it was when I actually, like, had a partner. So it was probably one of my first serious partners when I was in high school. And, you know, we were just talking. We weren't ascend- we weren't exactly, like, sexting at this point. But he was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, you're so cute. I can't believe how beautiful you are. And I'm just, you know, acting all dumb. Like, oh, my gosh. Stop it. And then the next thing I know, it's a photo of his penis. And, like. Oh, no. I'm like. I literally respond, I go, L-O-L. I mean, what else can you do? He was so angry. He's like, I can't believe you said that. Like, I was showing myself to you. And I probably didn't talk to him for, like, the next 24 hours because he was so offended by me responding, LOL, to this, like, photo of Venus.
1: I mean, there was, there, was no, there was no, like, hey, can I send
0: you this? No, it was just like, oh my gosh, you're so gorgeous, oh, and then, ba-bam. Wild. Well, I feel like this is a good time
1: to bring up what child pornography laws are.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> Kind of child-fortunate. <laughs> Fun fact, everybody! For multiple reasons. high school you yeah. may be willing to be held, you may actually end up being held accountable for distribution or storage of child pornography. Did I say that right? I think so. Um, I, but there there's deeper layers to it
1: that I wasn't expecting to read about when I did my research. Uh, so I was also, you know, in some physical relationships when I was in high school. And you're not allowed to see your partner sometimes and you're a teenager we all know how it gets um and i don't think i ever sent any images of myself but you know there were like suggestive text messages that i sent to some people and apparently that can be considered child porn
0: mm-hmm.
1: like any suggestive imagery whether it's a cute picture of you in a bikini or an explicit image like a penis or, um, risque text messages, anything that could be considered sexting.
0: So in the same way that obscenity is kind of a term that like transitions with time, you know, because I mean, obviously I feel like Our definition of obscenity is so much different than the definition of somebody like several decades ago, you know, with the way that we listen to our music, the way that we talk about things, even the things as simple as posting on Instagram. I just, I can't help but feel like an image of a bikini of a young girl in a bikini and I was a swim instructor all throughout high school. You know, people are always wearing bikinis. Like (laughs) I've seen babies in bikinis and I I really, I really feel like bizarre to consider like something as simple as a bathing suit option as something that can be sexualizing.
1: I think it has to do with the context in which it's sent and Unfortunately, the pose that the person's doing. because um, the website that I snagged this information off of Roanoke Criminal Law Attorney.com, I believe. No, Roanoke Criminal Attorney.com regarding uh sexting and child pornography in the US. Um, that was one of the examples they used when talking about it. And through that site, that's how I learned that it can be just suggestive imagery. It doesn't have to be a, a booby. It doesn't have to be, strangely enough, as it's um, explained, the female nipple. I feel like that's trans-exclusionary. <laughs> um, but if you are the one sending it, you're also participating in child pornography if you're under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was something where it was a, an individual over the age of 18 participating or having that content but if you're under the age of 18 and willingly sending that sort of stuff out you're also participating and there can be legal consequences for that as well
0: so okay if you were so let's say you are younger how we were talking about you know being young individuals who had received in in images that we didn't consent to you know that we didn't really know how to respond to would there be any consequences for us in having these images on our phone? Like, in a perfect world where everybody follows these rules and there's no gray area, which, unfortunately, I believe young people exploring their sexuality, that is an extremely gray area, and I don't think we'll ever leave that concept behind. But, you know, like, what are you supposed to do if you receive an image that you didn't consent to?
1: Yeah, um, I think... From my end, it sounds like you're asking what legally can somebody do if they're sent a dick pic underage? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Generally, I don't know. But it sounds like that would be under, um, yes, child pornography, exposing yourself to a minor, whether you are a minor or not, and sexual harassment laws... And I would urge anybody who is in that situation and finds themselves uncomfortable, screenshot the situation. And if you're in a family that you're comfortable talking to about that sort of thing, talk to them about it. Figure out next steps. And if you're not, talk to a trusted supervisor, teacher. Um, look up online what to do. Uh, the whole dick pic thing, I've thank god only experienced a couple times so that wasn't on mm-hmm. top priority list for my research but from what i figured out i would always always keep track of uncomfortable situations if yeah. if they're if you can document them do it you will not it's never a bad idea you'll always regret yourself you'll always you'll never regret <laughs> over-documenting something
0: yeah exactly I Okay, and then to kind of go off of, you know, my own perspective as, you know, a young woman growing up, you know, it was, I remember, you know, you would watch videos in high school about young women who had sent nudes, who the nudes got leaked, and they end up getting bullied, they end up getting attacked, and unfortunately, in a lot of cases, end up committing suicide because of it. I felt personally, as a woman or an individual who has female, like genitalia, female female teachers, you know, you are constantly surrounded by this veil that your body, if exposed in a way, if kind of distributed without your knowledge, without your empowerment over that distribution, it's this very gnarly, like terrible thing. You know, I remember even growing up saying like, oh, if you have a photo of you in a bathing suit, not even using the word bikini, but a word of you in a bathing suit, on your Facebook account, you need to delete that immediately because if an employer like 10 years from now sees a photo of 12-year-old Sam kicking at the beach... It's a big no-no. I mean, I hope my employers now wouldn't see a photo of me in a bathing suit and be like, get out of it. I hope I'm at least somewhat good at my job. That <laughs> yeah. that little baby Sammy Schreiber and her um little mermaid bathing suit when I was 15 Ooh. wouldn't discredit my name at all. Yeah, I think that uh the whole
1: idea of young women being over sexualized and slut shamed for just being in a bikini as a young child is weird and definitely like a deeper topic to explore but with the whole concept of nude imagery being shared without your consent um even outside the aspect of child porn like if you are a consenting adult you should not have to worry about the images being used in a way that you didn't consent to like Mm -hmm. when you are discussing something like sex with an individual that you are being intimate with physically intimate doing the do um it's in my experience, it's been pretty clear when things are heating up and I've been lucky enough to always be involved with somebody that has asked for my consent before sending images of themselves and, um, hasn't done that to me. Um, but there are things that people can do to, lower the risk and I hate that I even have to talk about this because as I said earlier it shouldn't be an issue yeah. if you're exchanging images of yourself with
0: another person just golden rule man I'm mm-hmm. you really want to be treated to have- You know, like, okay, so for example, you know, I like if I go to hook up with a guy that I met with at the bar, there Mm -hmm. is never a moment in my head where I think to myself, I'm going to go to this guy's apartment and he's going to be recording me. I mean, unfortunately, I I can imagine those situations have happened before because people just fucking suck. But you know, like for the majority, yeah, I feel for the majority, and at least with my good track record, you know, I you know I have never been like, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna hook up with this person and it's just going to be out there in the open. You know, I feel like it's always been the situation yeah. where either I or the party involved we could tell a friend or tell an. Acquaintance, oh, yeah, I hooked up with that person, you know, like maybe share a little details and that confidence with friends. But, you know, right. it's never like a moment where I just feel like I would be completely exploited from that moment. But then when mm-hmm. we talk about nudes, I can personally say for me growing up, for me as somebody who has conversations with my friends about the subject, it's, oh, if you're sharing a nude, you should just have an idea in the back of your mind that it might get shared
1: hmm
0: And with
1: that, I'm sure a lot of other people have thought about this aspect of things. Do I show my face in it? Obviously, if you have tattoos, there are other things you're probably considering about cropping
0: mm-hmm. out or editing out
1: in any, like, program. Um,
0: my, oh, freshman, my freshman awesome. year roommate in college She told me that she always, if she ever sent a nude, she'd always make sure she was above white sheets. Like she even if she like didn't have white sheets on her bed the night that she sent it, she would put her phone down, grab white sheets, put them on her bed. Wow. Yeah, because she didn't want anything to be trackable. Dang. Yeah. (laughs) It's shit like that. It's shit. (laughs) Yeah, it's shit like that. (laughs) And
1: um I don't really want to get into like sextortion a bunch because I feel like this whole podcast is about nudes and people exploiting people who, in confidence, have you know been like, hey, here's my hot bot, enjoy it. Um, but what you were just talking about with not knowing if somebody's filming or taking pictures of you without your consent, that. That's That falls under extortion, in my opinion, uh, because they can let you know that they took those images or made that video, and then they can use that as blackmail against you for money, for continued sexual deeds, um, and that it follows people around and ruins lives. Like you said, like people have been driven to suicide by it. Uh, People have been driven into debt. It's, it's, (laughs) unfortunately it comes with more legal repercussions than revenge porn does in Michigan. But um, I feel like that's a good segue into what revenge porn is. Um, I think a lot of us in our age group, I'm 22 I think you're what 21, 22, 22
0: Yeah.
1: S yes, baby. Yeah, 22. <laughs> um, <has money> <laughs> and so a lot of us kind of get the idea of what revenge porn is. Mm-hmm. I recently um no, wait. No, I have to explain what it is before I get into like the different aspects of it. So for anybody who's listening right now who doesn't know what revenge porn is, the basic concept is you consent with another party to give or receive nudes and you take a picture of yourself, you send it over and either the relationship ends, whatever the nature of that relationship was, or they're just not a great person. And they either use that image of you or sextortion, monetary gain, continued sexual deeds, continuing the relationship. Or they just post it online and go, hey, this is this person. This is them naked. Do what you want with it. Um, But I've recently heard of other situations. I came across one particular situation on Twitter where a man was subscribing to women's OnlyFans
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and pretending to be a supporter of what they're doing And then he screenshots or screen records the content and sends it to their parents.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. Um, Find their parents. uh,
1: It's, I have a link that I can send to you.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, That covers the situation. Um, It's not a really reputable source but Mm -hmm. uh, I saw responses so I can like very
0: Not a reputable source. Is it a Reddit? (laughs) Is it Reddit? No, it's daily mail,
1: (laughs) daily mail. Um, but daily mail and daily dot. Um, so he was saying like, I want, I'm trying to get these women out of sex work. So he's very anti sex work and is sending these images that is copyrighted material. Yeah. And what you send is copyrighted to you because you made it. Um, so he's violating their copyright, one, and sending this, this stuff this that they. A bundle of, yeah. Yeah. To stuff to people's parents to try to force them out of sex work. And um, in this Twitter thread, he is also exposing the responses that he's gotten. Um one woman um talked about suicide. Mm-hmm. Another woman promised to um delete her OnlyFans and that was his goal um ultimately. So he posted that one saying, you know, it's working. I'm getting women out, out of sex work. But that's revenge porn. It's yeah. I would argue it's a form of sex because because yeah. To get them to do something that he wants them to do by using sex work um, in a way that is not consensual. But, <laughs>
0: yeah, real bad situation. That just right. makes me feel absolutely disgusted. And it kind of makes me want to really point out, you know, the values of this podcast. You know, and I know that we're so early in our podcast life of Feminist Futura, but... This is a judgment free, all loving, lifting up awareness, lifting up conversations platform. Pro-sex work, maybe. Yeah, you know, it's pro-sex work, it is pro, I mean, it's just pro-doing things that make you feel empowered as long as they're within your rights and within your ethics, so mm-hmm. the idea of anybody shaming or exploiting anybody is absolutely disgusting. I think because this person was on their own, like, moral, righteous path, don't, Don't try to ruin people's lives because of that. Talk about your path. Talk about your beliefs. Freedom of speech is all (laughs) all power to you, baby. But that's just, it's disgusting. You know, the fact that these are individuals who use this platform to earn money, to put food on the table, to live the lifestyle that they want to live, who aren't hurting anybody, if anything, are helping people who are finally finding peace with their sexual desires it it really it really baffles me and i guess they kind of go into this cuz i'm going to kind of transition topics real quick if that's okay I once once posted a photo of my butt on Instagram, summer summer 2019, if you remember by any chance. And it was literally a photo of me kind of stretched out like a starfish. It was of my backside, and I was on Mackinac Island, and I had the caption, Do you love Mother Nature this much? And, like, my photo, it had nothing to do with sex. It had nothing to do about wanting people to feel sexual it was all about like me celebrating my body as this raw and natural thing and then I ended up taking it down Mm because one I had a public Instagram account and two my mama (laughs) my mom yelled at me um I'm a 22 year old um but I mean I I don't have any regrets and like I I mean maybe in the couple years I might have I don't know. I to be honest, somebody kind of turned turned it into a meme. Somebody from my high school took a screenshot of it. And there is like a Grand Theft Auto like meme where it was like this guy from Grand Theft Auto going, "Oh shit." here we go again, as he was, like, walking down the street in the video game. So somebody screenshot it and then, like, put my, like, body on the street so it looked down like I was walking to do some, like, Grand Theft Auto shit in the video game with the caption, "Oh shit, here I go again. And I'm like, you know what? If that is the worst thing that comes out of my butt, I think I got away pretty easily. I really do hope that's the worst thing that comes out of your butt. (laughs) I'm, like, feeling so nervous about this podcast. I feel like they're going to be like, oh, my God, don't trust this crazy butt-naked woman.
1: (laughs) But, like, I think that also brings the concept of... Audience, an intended audience, into
0: okay, that's actually what I want to ask. If you are posting a new nu- a nude image on an Instagram, and I know people even post, you know, sexual images or images of like genitalia on like very public platforms, you know, magazines, mm-hmm. nonprofits, etc. You know, like if it's if like a child sees that. You know, rather they have their own Instagram account. Could you be held accountable for exposing yourself?
1: That's a good question. Sam with the
0: questions. Okay. Uh, I I guess if you're a lawyer, please email me, DM me. Right. We can have. I want to know that too.
1: Uh, I know that Instagram and other platforms have – Censoring in place to help protect children from um, freely shown genitalia and whatnot. Um, but when it comes to the creator and the poster, if you're posting a nude on a public Instagram account, like you, un- you understand that that is public yeah is it is gonna see it and uh i hate to sound like my mom but it's on the internet forever and (laughs)
0: i'm
1: getting anxious (laughs) Yeah, same
0: thing with finstas Uh, i know that there are let's dive into this shit i have a lot to say we are moving on to the next topic it's your motherfucking finsta knock it off I know that
1: there are. Uh, Finstas are controversial. I know that there are ways to access Finstas if people really try hard enough. Uh, I looked up some YouTube videos that explained how to hack a Finsta. I didn't get it. I'm not a techie, but people can do it. and
0: People have tech geek friends. I have a tech geek yeah. friend. <laughs> I have well, people who I know would get me into a Finsta. Right, so it can probably
1: happen, um, and I think revenge porn. It sounds really um, uh, what's the word? Sinister, but the actual legal phrase um, that's not just you know day to day talk is. Let me let me see my notes. It's considered legally non consensual pornography Mm -hmm. um so non-consensual sharing of pornographic imagery and so if you post something that's been shared to you by a friend or a partner on a finsta like that's still revenge porn just because it's it's there it's on the internet um even though it's intended for a small audience, it's still an audience that that person didn't consent to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know, um, I know some pictures of myself have probably been shown to other people. Um, I know that there's a high chance that people have been just talking in a group about like a person they've been seeing and gone like, Oh, by the way, they sent me this, this little, this nice little
0: picture. And no. they pull out my Grand Theft Auto meme. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs>
0: while that's
1: like, you know, one form of it, it's not, it's not like that person has continued access.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Something online, other people have continued access to it, and they have the opportunity to save it and then use it themselves.
0: hmm and then I think I kind of, and this is kind of off the topic of nudes, but it gives me this other question, you know, if you're using your Finsta to, you know, attack or like discredit people, like to be like, oh, Sam's a bitch. <laughs> Sam took a photo of her butt. <laughs> you know i'm like kind of nervous i think i might actually ask if i can like edit out the whole thing about my butt photo should i be nervous about the butt photo or do you uh, i like- talk to your editor whoever you're talking to about this and just talk to them about it and then Let me cut out it. my butt photo part i don't care dude this is your podcast do whatever there's a strong, no, you know what? No, because I'm always saying that I'm going to write a column about it, and I haven't actually written the column about it, but, like, I'm a strong, powerful woman, and it wasn't a nude. It was art. And not to just, yeah. all photos of art, your nudes are art. Mm-hmm. But this was, Ooh. yeah, all nudes are art? Should we just dive into that? Let's just get crazy. I, yeah, and then we can get back into the whole, like, is it, I don't know. Do you think um, the audience would rather talk about cyberbullying or would they rather talk about artistic nudes? I think I don't know. I love the idea of artistic nudes. Okay. Stay tuned for the next episode. We're jumping into artistic nudes. <laughs> um, but when you talk
1: about like owning a picture or owning like an artistic nude. Like, I've heard that phrase, and it's like, oh, I took these artistic nudes, and I get the point of it, but if we're talking copyright, literally every single picture you take is already copyrighted. You'd, you'd have to do nothing to copyright something you've created. It can be a scribble on a page. It can be Moby Dick. Uh, it can be your own dick. <laughs> a picture. Um but if you like it's literally copyright infringement to non consensually share somebody else's nude image. Um and there are you can literally register your nudes with the United States copyright office for like thirty five to fifty five dollars. And you yes. The United States government will look at your nudes and then you can sue whoever shares them without your consent.
0: Oh, my God. I love that. Oh, my golly. So, um for people who are listening, just right quick.
1: I this is the most exciting thing that I wanted to share. Um, you can go through the legal action of registering trade, not trademarks. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting entrepreneurial here. Um, But you can go through the actual steps to register copyright on your nudes if you would like, Uh, like I said, for $35 to $55. Just look up the United States Copyright Office and go through those steps. But if you don't want to spend that money or make that effort, telling somebody that they're infringing on your copyright if they threaten to share your nudes I won't assure you it works, but if somebody is dumb enough (laughs) to try to try you, they probably won't check to see if you can take them to court. Because just by saying you're infringing on your copyright, like, it's true. One, it's true. And two, it insinuates legal action. Because what they're doing is illegal, so, that's all <sighs> I got to say.
0: Epic. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, y- you use your Instagram for artistic purposes, don't you? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know, I, I remember you were really into like, were, I'm not sure if you were really into it, but I know that you do have some photos of like the glitter bath, don't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. So, yeah. have you ever taken photos and then posted them that have involved maybe not full on nudity, but n- nudity, but something that, has a good fair outline of that body yes so
1: i actually uh it's funny you bring that up because your other podcast um not not host your other podcast guest is the person who was in that glitter bath kirsten
0: cruz light of my life oh Uh, oh my gosh yeah and Kirsten Cruz she is going to be on a podcast episode very soon she is the love of my life the love of our lives (laughs) she is this magical ball of energy and also one thing that makes this interesting that she was the glitter bath subject is that she is also a public relations guru in the making she is Mm -hmm. literally going to own all of us someday and with situations
1: like that where i would own the copyright of the image it's even more important to go through that consent process um i needed her to know what i was doing the photo shoot for which in that case was a lighting course i was taking at the time um So the intended use was for the class and a secondary use was going to be for my Instagram and for my portfolio. So that's a tertiary use, I guess. Um, But no step of my creativity process and intentions were hidden from her. Mm -hmm. I to know the type of imagery that was happening, how she was going to be portrayed, and um unfortunately because of what other people think i needed her to see the images afterward before i posted them anywhere um i needed her to be comfortable if there was kind of like a little nip showing which there never was not in that sense but i've also had photo shoots where a friend of mine was also in lingerie and she just, she just gets into the photo shoot so much. And at one point, like, her nip was shown, and I was like, hey, buddy, just so you know, I'm taking pics. There's some nip in it. Are you comfortable with that, or do you want to cover it up? And um, we just talked about it, and I was going to send her over the pics with her nip in them, and I was not going to post them. I was going to mm-hmm. post them her nips. It's, it's just it's consent. Consent, consent, consent. Constant consent
0: consent baby consent oh man and you know I have to freaking talk about because you were you were at the party last year the 20 the 2019 those little uh Galentine's Palentine's parties where we would go upstairs and pay like two dollars to get (laughs) to get a Polaroid nude done Yes. And I remember I was at one, and it was probably one of the most empowering nights of my life. You know, I was surrounded by all of these fantastic, like, glitter-soaked companions. Mm-hmm. And there's just, like, this little Polaroid of us, like, all hanging out naked in a bedroom. And it's yes. actually, it's still, like, on my, like, college room wall. And I always hang hang it up, like, every year. Because it just, it, it's so, it makes my, like, heart literally first to think of all these like people connecting with each other and like allowing ourselves to find this very intense like beaming power and vulnerability and i'm totally getting off topic by just like buzzing about it but i mean that's like the magic of finding peace of your nudity and also like being able to share it in a consent driven place where Mm -hmm. you don't feel like it can be held against you Mm -hmm. Because that's what nudity is all about. It isn't something that you should be ashamed of. And I'm kind of going on my own perspective right now. It is something that your vulnerability needs to be just as much of a strength, if not more than a weakness. Mm -hmm. And that's what consent does. Rather, it's consent with yourself by figuring out what your inner comfort level is. And it's Mm -hmm. consent with those who are a part of that experience with you. Yeah, for sure. And
1: I don't know. I've, I think my family considers me more, uh, off the beaten track of traditional, um, expression of self. Like I will, I'll wear a thong to the beach. I'll wear a string bikini to the beach. I don't care. Um, but I've consented to those people seeing me, whoever sees me on the beach. Um, and they don't have continued access to that. While modesty empowers some, nudity or near nudity empowers others, but it's always that piece of consent. And that knowledge that people are going to see you, and when it's public, it's whomever you see in public, with a little more, like, it's, I don't I don't know if this analogy is going to come off right because I haven't formed it. Just hit me with it. Just hit me with it. It kind of feels like the similarity that, uh, hmm. I would imagine it's a similar feeling to having your picture taken of you in a string bikini than having a picture of you taken on a nude beach. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think that came out the way that I wanted it to. <laughs> I don't think the severity is the same.
0: Yeah, um, I don't I agree don't with myself on that I one. Know. I guess, I guess it's all you know. Would you say it's kind of like we take risks, mm-hmm. but at the same time, people shouldn't be assholes. Yeah. I mean, they you know, should,
1: that, I think that we be- should appreciate your vulnerability and your trust and not take advantage of it.
0: Yeah. And then with that being said, you know, if you are sharing a explicit image or even explicit information, because keep in mind when we talk about virtual sex, we're not just talking about the photos and the videos and the conversations of virtual sex. We're also talking about the things that you can ask a partner so for example asking a partner hey what's your sexual experience like hey Mm. what are you into hey what is your sexual health like so for example if that person sends you a message saying hey I tested positive for chlamydia it is not Not within your ethical rights to hop onto Twitter and say, oh my freaking gosh, so-and-so got chlamydia. Not even on your private Finsta account. Don't fucking do it because it's nobody else's business. Yeah, no matter how hurt you are.
1: And like, I've been in situations, I've definitely like, made a mistake close to that, pretty close to that on my own Finsta. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I didn't disclose what it was specifically. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say on the subject, because it's not my business anymore. Mm-hmm. None. He, none your business. And this is a public podcast. Would't want to <laughs> make the mistake I'm talking about, not making.
0: Dude, hopefully my dogs are barking downstairs. So hopefully anything that slips up and shouldn't slip up will get called out by my huskies. <gasps> <laughs> um, they're going so wild. I don't know what's down there. I man, pod- podcasting from home has been such a weird experience because it's literally dog barking. It's people walking into my room saying, "Hey, what you're doing? What are you doing?" And then it's me yelling down at my mom, "I'm really
1: podcasting."
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But honestly, once again, if that person is not consenting to do it, it is not within your rights. You should have. A relationship that when you are exchanging nudes, when you're exchanging sexual related content, that you need to have the same force of ethics as you would with in-person sex. Why... Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on what your perspective is on the issue, we are entering into a full-blown, all-virtual age. And I think COVID-19 has supported that significantly. We are learning how to make connections with each other online that we never would have imagined possible in the last year or two. So with that, becoming, with that being said, it is in my personal opinion, from my experiences, that the rules are being changed. Mm. and I believe how I can ask the podcaster the questions yeah I believe how so in which the rules are being changed I feel it's how we treat people online you know it's carrying out respect on this online platform it's having preparation on an online platform I think we're living in the day where somebody will dress up professionally for a zoom interview Could you imagine that happening like a year ago? I'll do it. Yeah. I I feel like for long distance interviews,
1: I feel like that was more common. But now, Mm -hmm. it probably happens...
0: And again, I think it goes into relationship building. You know, mm-hmm. I think we've always kind of discredited people that got a lot of their social connections online. Um, and then I think now, you know, with people taking classes online, with people wondering, even though, you know, our university has, well, you graduated, didn't you? Yeah, baby. That's, <laughs> <gonna hell>. remember. <laughs> No. Congratulations. But you know, I'm going back in the fall and I think there's still like this constant question hanging out in the air. You know, what if we go virtual within that period? What if we aren't actually prepared? You know, and people are freaking having beer nights with their friends on Zoom, even though the bars are finally opening back up. And this 22 year old, may I repeat, this 22 year old is super happy about it. I have not gone
1: back to bars yet. I'm still a little...
0: Are you hesitant? Yeah, I'm I'm
1: very hesitant um for multiple reasons that I don't know. I don't necessarily like I feel like I'd get off topic if I talked about it too much. Yeah. But the like Zoom happy hours
0: like baller. One of my wow. friends went to um a strip club. <laughs> oh, a already. virtual strip club? Not a virtual strip club, but a reopened. Oh, strip a real club. one. And he was like it was really wow. really annoying. And well, I don't Uh, That's actually a story that I'm working on with my, like, internship is talking about, you know, issues with strip clubs right now, you know, about how technically, even though they are considered a bar, so they're allowed to be reopened if taking the proper measures, like, the exotic entertainment aspect isn't supposed to be embedded into it because of COVID-19 and precautions surrounding it. Um... So it's, it's just, it's kind of a question. Oh. Like, how does a strip club properly do social distancing?
1: I would love to read that once you're done.
0: Yes. And that actually goes oh, into so a little preview. Samantha. Oh. Wait, can you hear me? Oh, you're back. Ah. Yeah. That goes Did you like hear so me say what? I wanted to when you're done? Yes, I did. And I think that goes into, before we take off, because I was thinking we're going to wrap this up in a little bit. Um, Shout out. One of my upcoming podcast episodes is going to be with a stripper. So feel free to message me to find my contact info. My Instagram is Sam Schreiber, Sam, S-A-M, Schreiber, S-H-R-I-B-E-R. Feel free to follow me. And to DM me your questions about what you what it's like to be a stripper in the age of COVID nineteen. Um, do you have any shadow out, shout outs, Quinn? Yeah. Um. So
1: Sam has talked about this at the beginning um, during my little intro, personal intro. But my I own a business, Quinn Kirby Photography. You can find me at Quinnkphoto.com. Com, and my Instagram is at QuinnK Photo. Uh, for the time being, I'll be donating half of all proceeds from my photo shoots to an of the, of the client's choice. I believe um, I said until the end of June recently. But I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, and I want to keep the momentum up for George George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and everyone who has been a victim of police brutality for as long as possible. So, if you want to
0: help support, put your money where your mouth is, baby. Absolutely. Put your money where your mouth is. And And get cool photos at the same time. Oh, can somebody pay you to take their nudes? Actually, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do of <laughs> photos, man. I've done, I've done them for myself. Let's do it. Let's do it. I feel like we could never work for, like, Teach for America after releasing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. But <laughs> whatever. We studied multimedia shit. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> hopefully you all heard my little hell yeah in the beginning of this because i'm really excited um quinn thank you so much for coming on today to talk about a topic that can be a little bit funky sometime a little bit nudie nudie those slippery little noodle nudes <laughs> that. Was so clever. Um, I love that. <laughs> As we kind of walk away tonight, what are two things that you want people to walk away with? Um,
1: so consent is the most important part of sex, virtual sex, in-person sex, and whatever forms of sex we discover in the future. Um, and any picture you take Any video you take is yours and you should not put up with other people taking advantage of you and the trust that you've instilled in them. Like it's not, I, I, I will not be the person to say it's not your fault because I know everyone's heard that before. But don't be afraid to take that coward to court. Do not be afraid to use the legal action that has been, um, you know. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna start this part over again. Uh, just don't let people use you. And I'm not saying this as a don't send nudes, don't let people use you sort of thing send nudes. If you trust somebody, if you care about somebody, if you're horny and want to send a pic, get that consent and send it. And just don't let them take advantage of you. Use your voice.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that. And then following off of that, my final takeaway that I want you all to have is that 2020 We are at a time where we are talking about progress. We are looking at the things that we failed on for the entirety of of America, the entirety of the human race, and we are critiquing it and we are reconstructing a newer and better society in either little ways or big ways. Nudity should be a part of that evolution. Nudity is our bodies that give us the abilities to do the things we love, to connect with the people that we love, to feel free, to feel sad, to feel hungry, to feel whatever it may be. Allow your nudity to be a source of power. And for those who are subjected to this nudity, who witness it, allow it to be powerful, powerful for the other person. When you are taking those images, posting them on a platform that isn't that person's and utilizing it as an outlet to tear that person down, just fucking knock it off. It's terrible. He's not wrong. (laughs) Don't prance around about how you're pro human. When you're literally taking the human body and using it as a weapon against that own person. Wow, we're sounding smart tonight. I love Friday nights, man. (laughs) Um, You know, because that, I mean, that's what we're here for. Feminist Futura is about empowerment. Empowerment. And with that being said, now is the time to empower people, to empower people financially, to empower people with your time, to empower people with your voice, your knowledge, and your ability to learn. And with that being said, I would really like to discuss the racial tensions going on right now and make myself very clear that this podcast, this platform hears you. Is listening to your outcry recognizes it as something valid, is something that needs to be heard, as something that is the product of decades and decades and decades of oppression, and now more than ever is the time to utilize everything in our being to bring others up.
1: Black lives matter, and if that offends you, go research it and figure. Out how
0: it <laughs> in, in addition, <laughs> if if Black Lives Matters offends you then this definitely is not the podcast for you. Okay, peace out.